0: Hi there, it's On Mike with Jordan Rich. Great to be with you. Conversation, the art of it is alive and well right here in this podcast. Conversation with creative people, including a young man I met many years ago when he was barely a teenager. And I could tell when we met, this young man was blessed with natural musical talent and ability. His name is Michael Maloney and he comes from a wonderfully supportive and loving family. Michael, as he'll tell us, entered the world with limited physical ability. But that has not stopped him from making music and taking on a career helping others as a physical therapist. His music is heartfelt and inspiring and fun. He's got a brand new CD called January Hopeful. And here's just a short sample, a song he wrote called Taller.
1: Shoulder and you are my rock
0: Time for conversation with a very fine young musician, and we'll hear a bit more of his work. Michael Maloney, it's time to go on mic. Love the sound, and I also love the story. Michael, it's great to be reunited with you after a few years.
2: Yeah, thank you for having me. It's wild to actually see you. It is good
0: to see you. And let's, let's have you tell the story about how we met, and really an opportunity today on this podcast to explore the life of a young musician and the hopes and dreams. But how did you and I connect?
2: Now it's been so long, to be honest. Um, now, now, don't I'm, tell me
0: uh, you forgot because you're too old. I mean, I'm the old guy. Well, I'm the one <laughs> supposed to forget.
2: Well, it's kind of I don't know where time goes, but uh, I know that uh, my my family and I would always listen to your program. Particularly, we're very very fond of like you know like our our, our summers away uh, when we were camping in New Hampshire or Maine, um, and we just could never quite go to go to bed. So we would just always have your show on.
0: Um, I was a sleeping pill for a lot of people. (laughs)
2: Always always, uh, just having those wonderful, rich tones of your voice, uh, but also kind of the the amazing individuals and and personalities um, and kind of the the wonderful individuals you would always have featured um, on your program. It was always a different kind of theme. Uh, Really, in high school, um, I, I was recording, I was kind of writing some very basic tunes on some very primitive recordings really, um, which, which kind of really delves into this new album. But, uh, I know that <laughs> I think, I think it was my, my mom most definitely being my number one fan, Yep, probably forwarded it to, to you at the station or something like that.
0: And if, if memory serves, and I don't want to put you on the spot, I'm sorry, because sure. I was hoping you'd remember more than I did, but if memory serves... <laughs> Your mother was so sweet, and she said, I've got a son, I think at the time you were, what, 12, 13 at the most?
2: Wow, okay. Maybe a little bit before that, yeah. Maybe even
0: earlier. And she said, uh, to me, she said, I, I listen to you, we listen to you, and we know that you're a music fan and all that. And uh, and I said, by all means, send me some material or, or let me find out more. And we just struck up this relationship off the air and on the air, and I was impressed enough to i think bring you on a couple of times if i yeah, if it, i recall. actually it
2: might have might have even been a cassette i wonder it <laughs> might have been might have been the days of like my tape player on top of my piano just one input but yeah it it just was so um so amazing to be a young person who creates and then to see uh someone else uh who is supporting that is so so special and so important um and then for you to highlight me um well, it was an honor over Few years well
0: after. well it, it was it was certainly something that I enjoyed doing, but also the appreciation and the the gratitude that your family had and the pride that your family had. So we're we're gonna talk about the music, but I want to talk about the family, the Maloney family and the support <laughs> that you get. Because to be yeah. I know you have a, a quote unquote real job and you're in, in the healthcare field, but to be a musician even at that age is so tough, so commanding. Talk a little bit about your family and how they have continued to support you.
2: We're we're tight tight knit bunch. The the four of us. I got an older sister um, and my two parents in uh, Medford, Medford, and they have always been strong advocates for us to uh, follow our creative bug. We did a lot of art. My sister did a little bit more painting and art when we were kids. Um, but I know that for myself, from dealing with a, a hip condition when I was a boy, um, that really restricted my. Physical ability uh, to walk, stand, play sports, play with the kids uh, in the neighborhood. They were always, um, they always kind of knew I had this interest in music by, I'd rather be conducting my hands in the air, uh, even before I could, you know, properly talk or or sing. Um, So I think that they always kind of knew something was there. And then when I was about five or six, when I had this diagnosis, they, of, I think they would have done it anyways because they always encourage us. They, they kind of knew there was a spark for something. And they, they said, well, he can't hurt himself by sitting on a piano. So, um, and they always, you know, they got me, uh, especially my mom, as you know, uh, find, you know, f- for my physicality, you know, the internet wasn't really a thing in 95, or there was no resources about the specific condition that I have. So she, really did uh, all this work herself. Um, You know, even the condition is more known about it now. And I've learned, uh, I've met people through Facebook support groups, but in 95, not so much. So she's always been a self-advocate for I'm going to do what's best for my kid, to help him be a kid, to help him feel good. But also, she also knew like it's important for him to be involved uh, with other kids. So, you know, I got... Involved in the kids' choir, and then the music lessons started, and, and from that, that sparked this big ripple effect of kind of positive influences that all kids should have. But they always, they always encouraged us, big into music, in our family, and we would. I've, I've gone to a lot of concerts, especially when I was a kid. Probably I was too young going to some shows in Boston, by Fenway Park with my older sister. So, but they, I think they knew that you know my mom was kind of a leftover hippie flower child from the 60s and kind of knows we, sh- we got to get him into the 60s music, which was really kind of making a comeback in the 90s. Yeah. Um, so there's always been a, a positive influence of, of trying to help us.
0: Well, it, it was so evident to me, and I, I just love that family story. But I also realized, uh, as many people have, that there's a lot of talent in you. And does this musical talent stem from, from other family? Is it passed down genetically? I know your dad's involved. We'll talk about him in a particular song <laughs> on the new album. But where, where does this come from? Any idea?
2: We do not know. We have no It's a mystery. Clue. No, one, no one in my direct family does any music. And then i've got well i've got one one other cousin so probably the majority of my family is in ireland Um, most of my dad's family but my sister's got one uh, but my mom's got one sister they've got a son who did theater some guitar.
0: Well, um, let me just so stop you right there. The, as, you, as we all know, and I've been lucky enough to go to Ireland, and I had the greatest time of my life. Everybody in Ireland is musical. I mean, at some point or another, it's part of the, the heritage. But you have a, a a knack not only for playing music, but for writing music. Do you recall the, the first couple of songs you wrote and what they might have been about?
2: Yeah, they they were truly parodies when I first wrote. Um, I, had, I had a teacher in the fifth grade. It was called The Hervey School. My, my parents sent me to kind of an experimental education school um, that was that, that was kind of smaller in size. They wanted to make sure I didn't have too many stairs, things to climb, and that I could be um, okay physically. But um, there were some interesting teachers, and there was a guy, Mr. Allen, who I'm still in touch with. And he taught us the Beatles, um, but as poetry first. And then we, you know, some of us didn't even know who the Beatles were. Uh, but we were learning Eleanor Rigby as a poem, um, and then would eventually find out that it was it was a band. What, what, this is who? Um, uh, but he he really brought in his recording equipment and we started writing. Um, but I ended up doing like early parodies. One was called Yellow Umbrella to Yellow Submarine, all about it raining out. Um, but but then, that was probably what, like when I was about 10 is kind of the first like parody, and I was really big into Weird Al, too. Uh, oh. so I was doing.
0: Can't get kind any using, better in terms of parody. Using Well, he actually,
2: that guy looks so good. And he's like 50 or 60 now. Hey, but watch it watch, <laughs> it, watch
0: it, watch no, it. Looks that, great. Some of us are in that weird old zone. <laughs> Weird-al <owl>
2: zone. <laughs> <laughs> but I, think, I think the parodies were kind of started figuring out how these syllables and words and phrases work by kind of using templates that already existed. Um, but at that point, I was starting to more properly learn about The Beatles and I had this big book and I, I've played every Beatles song millions of times. And, that, and after a while, you, once you're learning the, theory from piano and you're kind of doing your own thing, then you start to kind of put, maybe I did like the pieces together, of the structure of a song. Um, even if I didn't learn about song structures or things, but you kind of self-teach yourself. And then I think my, my big one was when I was 11 or 12. I wrote a song called New Hampshire for a school project and just realizing that everyone, all the kids kept singing it at lunch and for the rest of the day. And that it was like this thing that I made and that, wait, everyone, like it's sticking with people and how powerful
0: that is. What a great feeling that must be for, I, I mean, I've never written a song I, I can barely hum a song, but what a great feeling that must be. And, you know, uh, it reminds me your story so much of uh, contemporary in terms of age. Grace Kelly, the great jazz saxophonist who was also, a bit, I think, 12 years old when I first met her. And the two of you, you know, in in your own sphere have really reached a level of satisfaction with, with the, the art. I mean, there's always more you want to get to, I'm sure, to be so in your in your own skin at the right time at the right age is is really a a gift i think
2: I, I hear that yeah sometimes the dominoes just have to fall at
0: the right right so let's talk about uh the cd that you put out uh, earlier this year january hopeful is that connected to the news of the world uh <laughs> in where we stand or was it just <laughs> circumstance yeah uh, that was
2: a circumstance this was this was um this was a project that I've been working on for several years pre-COVID, mm-hmm. um, but definitely kind of the, the extra time this last year helped me and my my buddy kind of put in the final touches on it. I did a I did a, a semester in Ireland. I uh, did my co-op through Northeastern um, at a physiotherapy clinic, physical therapist. Um, but um, you know I brought my acoustic guitar and I was performing. Uh, a few open mics one was called the International Bar where I met guys from Australia and Brazil Europe for a while I would kind of stepped away from my own own songs Um, I I was busy with my Irish band the Boston Harbor Boys I I was accompanying a lot of high school musicals uh, church services and never I kind of made a distance from my own songs and then when I went to Ireland and was Kind of just really just surrounded by the musicality, um, especially this open mic where you did a, a song or two, and then and then they'd go, "Come on, give us one of your own, would you, lad?" <laughs> and you kind of say, "Well, I haven't really done some of these songs in a while, and some of the songs have um, some emotional weight to them, if you will, um, about a, a relationship uh, from the past." Um, so I made a distance from them too, um, but decided to kind of okay, let's let's kind of relook at these. And I, I shared a few, and in, in Ireland there was a really lovely response, in getting people. Um, it, it was such an intimate setting; everyone was sitting on little tiny stools, and they're all around you. And one guy had like a djembe, and he's like, "Is it okay if I play?" And I'm like, yeah, of course, what do uh, you want to do? Yeah,' a, on my song. just, just that, you feel it. And yeah. um
0: isn't that cool? I mean, that's I, I got the ugh. vibe when I was there a couple of years ago. and you walk into a pub, everyone's singing and 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 somebody picks up a guitar. Of course, there's a band, a little group in the corner, but it doesn't matter. Anybody can participate. Now, let's play a little something from the CD that might be apropos. Round the mountains of morn, and you said, yeah. to me, you said to me prior that there's a special guest artist on the tune. You
2: know, he 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 does not have any you know musical training per se, but um, definitely um, this album is um, a collection of songs from over ten years. So some of them I wrote in high school, and the last few were towards the end of grad school.
0: And the he um, in this case is. You didn't mention who he is.
2: Oh, it's just a story, Jordan.
0: Uh, no, <laughs> no, I mean, just, didn't didn't oh, you tell me that you had a relative who uh, accompanied you, or is he part of the story? I'm not.
2: Oh, uh, just, just that my dad. So he, I, I'd written, I'd written the song trying to write a traditional folk song, and I said, Dad, are there any like places where you know, maybe like a guy can meet a girl and they could just sit and it's very sweet and innocent and old fashioned, and then my dad suggested oh there's the, the morn mountains in northern ireland um so i kind of got working on that and then the song kind of stuck with me every now and then i'd, I'd sing him a lyric and then he'd said oh that, that's a good line but what about changing that word or two
0: oh so he's a producer so my, in this case
2: so my dad kind of did a little bit of more of an alliterative <laughs> edition which was beautiful yeah. and then when i was recording it which again kind of took a, a few years um, i thought well there's that middle part." instrumental break and I thought wouldn't it be special if I also like wrote a poem now years later after I wrote the song and I wrote a poem and he agreed to to speak on it and even that was really adorable seeing this this uh, man not knowing no how to use a microphone at all and coaching him for about about an hour we did multiple takes and I said no no okay dad you gotta include some space and the phrases in it so that I can maybe edit and space them out and I need to fit it into the 16 bars Um, but it was really special and um, so he he kind of added some lyrical content and then also now that his voice is immortalized in this track um, I know it's been very special to send it to my family in ireland Um, and then for hear for them to hear this very folky song from cousin michael and then to have uncle finton on the track has, has been very beautiful for them to experience that all together
1: and the heather roll down towards the sea, carrying
2: waves from the carib and tunes from lucky, the sweetness of innocence, and the love so forlorn, hearken me back to me and my love, roaming round the mountains of morn.
0: Talking with Michael Maloney. He's a a dear friend. uh, And I say that because we met when he was, I think, 12 and I was about 18. (laughs) It's just kidding. I was on the radio at WBZ uh, and I still am, but I was doing the late night show and Michael and his family sort of came into my life. I heard his music. I heard his story. And I just thought this young man is not only going places but is also uh he's got a heart of gold and I think it's evident in the in the CDs and the songs and all the work that you've been doing you've done a lot it, you mentioned it earlier you've done a lot in church supporting choirs supporting singers so you're a, a working musician you're not just sitting in your room composing right
2: yeah uh i mean predominantly before i you know properly uh you know graduated and became a physical therapist really all my my work you know on the side 10, 11 years was doing music. There were four summers where I worked at the, the Wang Theater, the, um, the Suskind Young Arts uh, Foundation. Um, they had a really wonderful summer program, uh, urban students kind of talking about songwriting and choral singing, mm. um, but also working with the director and choreographer and creating original pieces. Um, mm-hmm. So that, that was a, a big project I did a few years ago, accompanied uh, high school musicals there's churches in Stoneham, wakefield charlestown medford
0: these are all um, kind but, of my, by the way kind of my some, base yeah suburban areas around boston right because right. We're, we're being heard all over the world and i certainly know we have listeners in in ireland so hello to our good friends overseas yeah yes friends of the there. malonies i want to ask you before we uh conclude with one of your other find songs that's appropriate since we just talked about Boston. I want to talk to you about the business of the music industry right now. You put out a CD. There are so many different ways digitally to receive music, and it's not like it was even 15 years ago. What's the state of the, the business these days? I mean, you're doing it because you love it. It's a passion. We hope that it becomes more than a passion, yeah, hopefully. But where, where do you see the business going, Michael?
2: I feel like I'm pretty new to it too. Um, this is, I feel like, kind of my first mm-hmm. official debut in a way, um, having kind of a, a nice, professionally kind of recorded thing with my with my friend recording songs uh, digitally um, for the first time. Um, but it's been a big learning curve for me. Um, I know I have physical CDs, but no one really buys physical CDs anymore. Or I mean, I just got this new laptop. It doesn't even have a a disc drive Mm
0: -hmm.
2: um so that's um odd but it's also beautiful to know that small artists who are nobody for just from their bedroom um have certain websites that can distribute their music digitally so in that way it's an amazing time to be alive um because then you can just go up to your friend and say oh yeah check me out on spotify everyone's attached to their phone so um it's quite great how accessible it is. It, definitely tough, though, because then it's it's super saturated with everyone is out there. Um, and so it's definitely been interesting to learn how to stick out. Um, and I think we're all just trying to learn how to, how to do that.
0: In, in my radio days, I believed in the one listener at a time campaign. In other words, I was happy if I could attract one person or one family. And I think that's what you're doing. And certainly I'm here to help you with my podcast, but I'm sure there are other venues. Yeah, thank you. There are other venues for you, and, and I know that musicians are, certainly during the pandemic, banded together to survive those who had no other jobs. And we saw how horrid it could be, but we also saw how people come together. So I, I hope and trust that there are other avenues for young up-and-coming composers, musicians. Have you thought about doing something else with the composition, working on theater or musical theater or Taking it in any other directions, is that a possibility?
2: I think anything is possible. I I mean, I did a lot of theater when I was a kid. That was kind of my thing every summer for five or six years. Um, But just kind of over the years, I I think I grew more towards kind of the the song and kind of the pop song. Um, But I really do love a challenge and kind of doing something different. So I know know a few years ago, I, I wrote a children's album. Um, just because I wanted to. And just for that creative um, obstacle to see, could I? I've written some Christmas songs back in the day. So I think anything would be possible. Um, Mm -hmm. And there's many ways to express oneself.
0: Michael, it's not lost on me and, and I'm sure on others in the audience. We talked about your childhood and the issue you had physically and you've already mentioned the fact that you are a physical therapist. You studied for it, you trained for it, and now you're helping other people. I'm going to call you something, and don't take this—I know you won't take it the wrong way, because I've been called this—you're a bit of an old soul. I, I always—when I met you at 12 years old, I thought, this is a young man with a lot of thought and emotion and heart. Uh, there's no no comment, except I think it's really delightful to, to meet people like you and— uh, there are many out there that we don't talk to, but I'm thrilled that we're able to, to showcase you, you old soul.
2: (laughs) Thank you. And I appreciate that. No, I, I get that a lot. You, you must get that. It's a name that I wear on my, on my shirt now. Proudly. I think I actually really probably love my, my older patients best just because I think I, I get them or maybe they get me and just the, the beauty of, moment and today and appreciating the little things and just appreciating just sitting uh with with someone you know i I could have a session we could be doing exercises and whatever but i you know it's it's so beautiful to to sit talk about your granddaughter who just did so-and-so they're graduating oh my god how about this weather isn't this what oh new england is up and down and just those moments that people really finally get to connect. And uh, I I think sometimes that's not always in kind of younger people to, to just realize that, yeah, I could be exposing myself and getting uncomfortable to just really getting intimate with someone and not knowing that, you know, I'm not your physical therapist and you're the patient, but we're just people here on earth Mm -hmm. sharing this time. Yeah. The more that I'm talking, I realize, yes, I am an old soul from that. And, (laughs) (laughs)
0: I I, I want you to be part of this club forever as I am. I love it. And before we sign off, uh, we're going to play one more uh, selection from the CD. And actually, I saw the YouTube version of this, the video you did. And, of course, we're coming to you. Everybody knows I'm a Bostonian, and this is where the podcast emanates from. And uh, we talked about your trip to Ireland and mine. But let's talk about the Back to Boston song because – Um, there've been a lot, it's interesting about Boston songs. There've been a lot written about the city. I think, uh, few have, have done what New York, New York did for that, that particular little metropolis, but talk a little bit about the song back to Boston and the meaning it has for you.
2: Well, um, that was interestingly enough that, you know, the lyrics are pretty hard for me. I really have to kind of let them simmer, but sometimes I'll just get a, a verse and then maybe a chorus. And I've got to really like dig out the second verse and kind of see where's the story going. Um, but for Back to Boston, oddly enough, it kind of was this kind of subconscious thing that just wrote itself. Probably one of the quickest things that I that I did. Um, and definitely at the time was regarding a certain relationship that really was focused on the location of, of Boston as the backdrop. mm mm-hmm and kind of the the joys of uh, a young relationship. Um, So it's not necessarily, you know, uh, maybe a love song to Boston, but it's a love song where Boston played such a critical part and just kind of all those little, little nuances that maybe if you're walking through the day, you would take for granted the reflection pond, you know, the mirror on Huntington Avenue or, Mm. or something like that. But and uh, yeah, that that became one of those songs, like the New Hampshire song, when I was 11, where my friends started. We'd be out and they'd just be chanting it, That's and great. that became very special. And I'm actually hoping to do a revamp of the music video. Um, so if anyone would like to be including that, that'd be wonderful, kind of an updated version. But um, the earlier um, the earlier kind of demo version of Back to Boston that I released about eight years ago. That was also included in the Alston Pudding Relief uh, Mixtape, and it it was included about a hundred other songs from Boston musicians at the time, and it raised about seventy-five hundred dollars for the One Fund. So even to know that you know some subconscious little blip has turned into this kind of this kind of this momentous um, boulder of positivity it has been very special. Music. And it was great when I revisited this song on this album where I I really made, I had like a party in my apartment uh, on Mission Hill a few years ago when I was doing a PT at Northeastern and I had these microphones. I didn't know how to properly mic the choir, but I had a dozen or so of my friends in the room and we were singing it together and it's become this kind of anthem of love and how wonderful the city can be to create love and joy.
0: Well, I think you're creating that every day in the work you do, but also in your attitude. Um, and I think uh, music has the power to certainly amuse, entertain, but in your case, uh, inspire and heal. So good for you for, uh, for bringing it out to the world. And the best part of it is you don't have to wait for some record company executive to say yay or nay. You, you can do it yourself, as all musicians now know.
2: That's, a, that's another huge Part two uh, that I should have mentioned earlier that I don't have to second guess, you know. Especially lately, I've been recording a lot of new things uh, during COVID, and in my head, I'm like, "This is kind of weird. I don't know if people are going to like this." But you know what? I want it this way, and I've, mm-hmm. I have the control, which is wonderful. Aspect as, as you were just saying.
0: Well, I am delighted. We're going to play the song out, and uh, people can find out more, of course, on Facebook at Michael M for Maloney, Michael M. Music. And uh, I'm just thrilled that we reconnected. That's the key to life now for me is to not let uh, connections slide and to put the effort in. And you put the effort in, my friend. So thank you very, very much.
2: Thank you for having me and encouraging me over all these years. I I really don't think, um, if it wasn't for individuals like you along my early journey, I I really don't know if I would have continued to write. So thank you a million times over for this gift and this encouragement. And thank you for today and it's really good to see you. Likewise. I'm really proud of you, Jordan.
0: <laughs> thank you, Michael. On Mike with Michael Maloney, fine young artist. His latest CD is called January Hopeful. And as I say, thank you to all of you for subscribing and downloading and listening to the podcast. I think we've earned the right to have one more selection from Michael to play us out. And this is the one that's all about our fair city. Until next time, Jordan saying, be well so you can do good. Take care.
1: first time.